0: Uh, So we're going to be looking at um, psalm with Leslie next week, Uh, but this week I want to pick up a psalm as well, and um, it follows on uh, very much where where we've got in the sharing, and thanks for everyone who shared. It's just, I love hearing from different people, isn't it good, and encouraging to build each other up in that way. Um, And two weeks ago, I don't know if you'd uh, listened to it, but I shared on Psalm 18 uh, and one of the um, verses that I really felt uh, God speaking to me about was was um, verse thirty four, where it says, "He trains my hands for battle," uh, and it's something that has just been sitting with me really uh, over this this last period about God wanting to prepare, as Wes was just uh, bringing, uh, wanting to train us uh, for battle, and and. Um, it's amazing how that story of Scott just, just fits in, how everything fits in as God is continuing to speak to us about being uh, an army, his church to be an army. Um, and, you know, often I think we, we don't realize we're in a battle, or if we do realize we're in a battle, then we, we prefer to live actually, though, like we are at peace rather than uh, at war, because it's kind of easier. Uh, it's kind of easier to, to uh, you know, it's more comfortable to, to live uh, not thinking that we're in a battle. We would, we would rather be more comfortable um, fitting alongside the world uh, and the way that, that the world lives. Uh, and so we adapt and change a bit and we, we, you know, like to sit comfortably alongside. But the reality is uh, we are in uh, a battle. It's not like a battle. Uh, it is actually a battle. Uh, and we are called to be an army, to be a pe- the people of God who are his army. Now, it's a very different kind of army because it's a family. There are all sorts of things that make this army very different from any normal way we may think of an army but it is about warfare and it is about advance and taking ground. God has ground for us to take. Here on the northern beaches, he has ground for us to take. In Sydney, he has ground for us to take. And even in this time of COVID, uh, he has ground for us to take, but also even as we're hearing, it is a time for us to continue to Prepare and to be trained, for our hands to be trained uh, for battle. And um, I felt led to Psalm 33 uh, this morning, and it's actually a psalm about worship, uh, is, is actually what it's about. So let's read it, and then uh, we'll, I'll just uh, share a few things out of it. So, Psalm 33 Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise him. For, praise the Lord with the harp, make music to him on the 10 string lyre, sing to him a new song, play skillfully and shout for joy. For the word of the Lord is right and true, he is faithful in all he does. The Lord loves righteousness and justice, the earth is full of his unfailing love. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, their starry host by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea into jars. He puts the deep into storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. The Lord foils the plans of the nations. He thwarts the purposes of the peoples, but the plans of the Lord stand firm forever, the purposes of his heart through all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he chose for his inheritance. From heaven the Lord looks down and sees all mankind. From his dwelling place he watches all who live on earth. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love rest upon us, O Lord, even as we put our hope in you. And so this psalm is about worship. And um, it's actually about dynamic, passionate, exuberant worship, uh, which obviously we've struggled to do this morning in that we haven't been able to sing and, uh, you know, join in with Matt and Rach in that way. Uh, And so our whole idea of worship, I feel God is wanting to train us afresh in actually having lives of worship rather than just worship times. Yes, we want dynamic worship times. I was was struggling so hard not to sing this morning. I don't know about you, but we want to have passionate, dynamic, uh, Holy Spirit-filled times with God as we together. And I know we're going to. In this room, we're going to have awesome times of God in days to come. There's no doubt that that is going to happen but let's be trained in this time. What does it mean for us to still be a, a dynamic, passionate, worship-filled people uh, even while we can't sing? It's a time actually for us to be trained and think about how do we live this out in a different way. And so there are three uh, key elements that I want to pick out of this psalm about uh, lives of worship. And the first one that we see Uh, in verses 1 to 3, is that we are encouraged to be full of joy. we encouraged to uh, praise the Lord, uh, to uh, sing joyfully, uh, to sing Him a new song, to shout for joy. We are meant to come with joy. We are meant to come to Him with joy. And I think what it's saying there is not just that we're saying I'm happy on the inside, even though I look quite miserable most of the time. But actually, you know, I'm a Christian. I'm really happy on the inside. I think we're meant to be a people that demonstrate joy. It's demonstrably on our faces and in the way that we live. It's part of our worship to God is living lives full of joy. That whatever circumstance is going on, we can still actually know The joy of the Lord. The Holy Spirit, He gives us joy. It's something that bubbles up within us, uh, actually. And so we can even look to the Holy Spirit to empower us with joy, to fill us with joy. You can see, uh, I've seen adverts for laughing classes, uh, you know, where people, the world tries to imitate uh, what actually God uh, wants to do in us. The Holy Spirit releases joy in us. Why? Because joy is actually good for us. As well. It does something in you. We don't need laughing classes, but we need the Holy Spirit uh, to fill us afresh with joy. We need to live lives that demonstrate joy. I was thinking of someone like Glenn. Glenn is someone to me that uh, is a really joyful guy. And whenever I see him, whatever we're talking about, he's someone that exudes joy. And I'm pretty sure, I don't know what he's like in the workplace, but I'm pretty sure that has an effect on all the people that he is working with, even if our roads and things are not working like they should. Hey, Glenn. <laughs> I'm sure they're working exactly as they should. Uh, but I can imagine that, you know, the joy that Glenn carries has a massive impact on uh, the people that he works with. And us living lives of joy, especially in this time, it's, it's actually a real thing of outreach, It's a real thing of evangelism. And as we live lives of worship, we're meant to live lives full of joy. I want to encourage you, though, to allow times for the Holy Spirit to kind of let that joy grow in you. Uh, And we can't sing here, but actually you can sing at home. Uh, I I got so desperate of not singing that I got my... um, my 12-string guitar out, which has been in its case probably for 20 years. Um, and Matt strung it for me. And um, then the other night when everyone had gone to bed, I got it out <laughs> and had had a sing-song, uh, which it sounded terrible, I'm sure. There was a lot of buzzing going on, especially with the 12 strings. There were a lot of strings to buzz. But anyway, it was just awesome. I loved it. I had a great time uh, worshiping God. Um, <clears throat> and I think... You may not play an instrument, uh, but you can put on worship songs. Allow times for the Holy Spirit to stir joy in you. We are meant to be an army that is full of joy. Secondly, we see here, particularly in verses 20 to 22, that God encourage us, encourages us to worship him by being full of hope, full of hope. We to be an army that is full of hope in God, full of hope in God. It says, we wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and shield. In him, our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love rest upon us, O Lord, even as we put our hope in you. And we are called to be people who wait in hope, Uh, for the Lord, even when we don't feel like it. And it was great hearing David's testimony about uh, actually continuing to press on in faith and hope that God was going to give him rest, that God was going to bring him through, even with going through a year or however long that was of real suffering. And when you don't sleep, uh, you know, everything else gets worse uh, and life gets very difficult. But he remained in a place of hope And we are to be a people that don't give up, that don't lose faith, that keep trusting the Lord. And if you are worried and thinking, even with COVID, I don't know, Lord, this just seems so much bigger. We'll read these verses again, particularly verses 6 to 9. Let me read them again to you. It says, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, their starry host by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea into jars. He puts the deep into storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him. For he spoke and it came into being. He commanded and it stood firm. Our God is one who rules over all, who spoke and things came into being and he continues to do that. We can have hope in this God whom we serve so let's be a people of hope (coughs) excuse me then thirdly verse 18 tells us that our lives of worship should be lived out in the fear of the Lord the fear of the Lord and it's a good question for us to be asking ourselves are we living a life that is clearly in awe of this God whose plans stand firm forever are we living in a way that is in awe of him and in awe that actually from generation to generation his plans continue? There is absolutely nothing that can thwart his plans, there is nothing that can make uh, what he has planned not come into being. So when he says he's going to build his church, as scattered as we may feel, Nothing is going to change the fact that he is going to build his church. That we can have confidence in that. We can know that that is the truth. But are we living our lives in reverent fear uh, that, that gives us an awe that says, yeah, God, you will make these things happen. And when we are when in awe of God in that way, then we happily and easily submit our plans into his purposes. And we lay our things aside and we say, yeah, God, there's only one thing I want to do when I read the psalm. And that is I want to be in your purpose. I want to be uh, where the things of your heart are being worked out. Is that not where we want to be, church? We want to be in this place of awe of God that we say, yes, God, we'll do anything to be where you want us to be. It gives us great confidence uh, to know that he even shapes uh, the plans of the nations. Nations can do what they like, but he actually changes the plans of whole nations, not just uh, you and me, uh, but actually whole nations. And we look at the world today, the chaos that's going on in the U.S., and you look around the world, but God actually, he changes plans of nations, and he makes them fit in with his agenda, even though we might not see that big picture from our perspective, but from his perspective, he is continuing to work out his purposes in the nations, whether they know it or not. We should be in awe of that. We should also live in this reverent fear of this God who sees all that mankind does. It says he sees all of mankind, that he knows our hearts, that he considers everything we do. He considers everything we do. He considers everything the nations do, and he considers everything that I do. Even the thoughts in my heart that are not great, my bad attitudes, uh, he considers all of those things. That's a God that we need to be in reverent fear of and awe of, that he knows us completely and that he knows the worst and the best thoughts in our minds and in our hearts. We need to come to him with this fear of wanting, saying, God, yeah, Lord, you know me, and yet you pour out your grace upon me. The psalm tells us again and again, His unfailing love is poured out on us. Isn't that an amazing place to be? That this fear is not something that makes us tremble and cower away, but actually it's a fear of awe that makes us say, God, know me, know my heart, know my thoughts, because you do. You know everything. And so change my heart, Lord. Shape me afresh I want to be more holy than I've been. I want to be more like Jesus. We want to press on to holiness.